0: But you're the Filet-O-Fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to
0: settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chicken intervention. Because McChicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. Wake up breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two Chicken McGriddles or McChicken Biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Davis down the middle! Guess what? Free throws!
1: <laughs> A.D. Boy, He's he ran the, wrist. the floor.
0: Isn't that great how he runs the floor? Down on his feet. Look at, listen to this crowd. Listen to this crowd. Laker fans loving some A.D.
2: everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where holy crap hallelujah halloween halloween Hello and welcome to the 2019-20 NBA season, Anthony Davis, because my God, thank you for reminding us of what dominance looks like once again. Oh, and hello, Tommy. How are you doing on this fine evening, this Tuesday before Halloween, when Anthony Davis decided to dress up as Wilt Chamberlain, apparently, dropping 40 and 20 in three quarters?
3: mahalo jonathan i feel great <laughs> after watching anthony davis put on his will chamberlain costume i think bill simmons ran the numbers of like guys who have he tweeted about this it was guys who've done 40 20 and over 25 free throw attempts and the only other guy in nba history is will so oh no i didn't even know that perfect yeah that intro worked out very well and did, did you say mahalo Loha? I said mahalo aloha, which is my combination of mahalo and aloha.
2: And Halloween, apparently. (laughs) All right, with that said, um, the Lakers beat the Grizzlies 120-91. What a game, especially considering how it started off. It was a very Memphis Grizzly type of game, right? Even though a lot has changed with that team and us, it felt like a grid and grind, sort of muck it up, ugly game with no flow, very clunky. But then Anthony Davis happened, LeBron James happened, and uh, KCP time happened. And it all culminated in this Lakers extreme blowout that ended up being pretty, pretty lit. Historic night for Anthony Davis. Also historic night for the Lakers. This is the first time the Lakers have started out 3-1 and one since the 2010-11 season. Tommy, do you remember who was on that team?
3: 2010-11? That was... That was the that was Kobe, Pau Bynum, and we lost in the playoffs to the Mavs, right? I think so.
2: That year, Steve Blake and Matt Barnes were our big acquisitions uh, of the yeah. summer. So, yeah, yeah, just goes to show you how long ago we started out three and one. Um, with that said, welcome to the show, Tommy. I heard you're dressing up as KCP this year. Is that true? Where did you find such a good parasite costume?
3: Oh, oh hey.
2: <laughs> just kidding. He was really good tonight. Uh, he he played end, great. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Parasite, make sure to watch Parasite in select art house theaters out oh now. God. It's a Korean thriller by the director who did Snowpiercer and Okja on Netflix, and it's essentially a Jordan Peele movie. Are we getting
3: sponsored?
2: We aren't, but we definitely should. Um, Okja! Okja! Are you, are you dressing up as KCP? I'm
3: dressing up as Okja, actually.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Well, we all know who JaVale McGee dressed up as tonight. Roy Hibbert. Oh! Hey! <laughs> Roy Hibbert or Timofey Mozgov, take your pick. Um,
3: <laughs> DeMar- Demarcus Cousins dressed up as Talon Horton Tucker's dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned to Tommy as the game was ending that Demarcus Cousins and Talon Horton Tucker look like Austin Power. Or, well, who's the bad guy? Mr... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Evil? <laughs> Dr. Evil and Mini-Me just because of their, like, <laughs> body makeup and just... They look the same, and Demarcus Cousins is clearly kind of out of shape or, you know, not as fit as he once was. So, yeah, they both have the same facial structure, body structure, etc. So it's kind of funny. But let's start things off on a good note, Tommy. What's your, like, one big positive takeaway of the game tonight? The obvious notwithstanding Anthony Davis forty I'll start it off while you think about your answer, but my big positive takeaway of the game, and I guess this is related to Anthony Davis, is... The Lakers are going to be a team that goes to the line a lot. And we're going to put teams in the penalty early just because of the pressure that Anthony Davis and LeBron James put on opposing teams' defenses. And it seems like we're going to be hitting at a pretty decent rate if we're going off of how we've been shooting early on. Uh, tonight, we were... I know LeBron missed a couple free throws. Avery Bradley missed two in a row. But overall, we were we shot 84%. A lot of that is due to Anthony Davis. But I think before tonight, we were still shooting a, at a decent clip as well. So, yeah, I just like the fact that we're going to be a team that's going to be able to, even when our offense isn't humming, get into a rhythm from the free throw line. And at the end of the day, when you get to the playoffs and the the game slows down and it, it becomes this muck it up, grind it out sort of ball it's going to be important to get those freebies at the line and uh, stop the momentum of another team by getting them in foul trouble and and allowing ourselves to kind of settle down a bit. So, yeah, that was my one big positive takeaway of tonight that I hope stays with us moving forward. Uh, what about you?
3: Uh, for me, continuing the balance of um, minutes. I, I think I've mentioned this a couple times. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before, but in, in at least in our thread or when we talk offline about – how Frank Vogel's approaching the season in terms of balancing everything. I was like the first one in the off season to be so adamant about like, I don't know what we're doing with all these guards. Like we're, we're only going to be playing like eight or nine deep. Like what are we, you know, LeBron AD and, and Danny green are all going to average over 30. Avery Bradley might average 30. You know, it just, I had all these ideas about how it was going to go. And, it's crazy that we're beating teams at home, like Memphis, that we should beat by 30 points. AD only is only playing 31 minutes. LeBron played under thir- Everybody else on the team played under 30. The second highest was JaVale and KCP each at 29. So really like what um, Vogel and the staff are doing in terms of minute distribution and balance. Obviously, some games we're going to be playing the Grizzlies. Some games we're going to be playing the Nuggets and you know, the Clippers and teams like that. So those guys are going to play more, but nice to see he's not burning through guys and is being mindful of all that stuff um, this early in the season.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um Before we continue on with our episode, obviously we're recapping the uh, Memphis Grizzlies game tonight and Anthony Davis's historic 40 20 game. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers legacy pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many times LeBron James' hairpiece will keep falling off during games, forcing Anthony Davis to sheepishly let him know that the front of his head is looking a little more bare than usual. Womp, womp, womp. Um, Speaking of rating and reviews, tonight we bring back Review Reads with Different Lakers Players' Impressions Done by our impressionist extraordinaire, Tommy Alexander. I got to come up with a snappier name than that, but that is what we're calling it for tonight. Tommy, tonight you will be reading The Review of the Night as Dwight Howard. Hope you can do this one. Take it away.
3: <clears throat> this review is entitled Don't Stop and it's by Hackybee. Great content. Always listening to the episodes. For sure one of my favorite Lakers podcast. Don't Stop the Great Work. P.S. KCP sucks. <laughs> uh,
2: what a sign-off. Thank you, Hakub?
3: Hack- ha- or is it? <laughs> oh, wait, it's either Hakub or it's Hakubi. I think it's hackybe.
2: H-A-C-U-B-E-E. Thank you for that review. Um, And thank you for all the recent people who have been rating and reviewing us. We've gotten like 20 new five-star reviews
3: in the last week or so. So thank you guys for doing that. People are hyped on the uh, season, I guess.
2: Well, yeah, I also kind of guilt tripped them like two episodes ago. I was like, hey, guys, we haven't gotten a new review and I'm feeling kind of burnt out. And boy, did they step up to the plate. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, Tommy, that was a great reading and review. As dwight Howard, I ask you now what went into your channeling of uh d thirty
1: nine
3: I was just imagining the what it would be like to be the best bench defensive center in the n b a who was blocking shots while wearing a sideshow bob hair costume to uh to the game tonight. <laughs> Very nice. He did let the
2: hair loose uh, for the first time this season, I think. Uh, he, he's had it braided up the first few games. But, uh, but Dwight Howard, nice game again tonight, even though I know he struggled being able to put up shots at the beginning. But defensively in the second half, especially taking over for JaVale McGee, he was blocking shots once again. Most of all, he was moving his feet. It's not even close right now, Tommy, how much better Dwight Howard is at moving on the perimeter and moving his feet defensively than JaVale McGee. 100%. Especially given that Javale McGee play on the perimeter against Jonas Valanciunas, where he made Jonas look like a prime John Wall, <laughs> going <laughs> going past him, it was ridiculous. And then he ended up with the flagrant foul. Um, Dwight Howard has been a revelation. Uh, I will say that I was glad that Javale McGee got a little bit of his mojo back uh, yeah, at the end of good the to fourth see. there. And I think that they did that deliberately. It was kind of like KCP time as well for JaVale. Correct. Um, but I don't really like how JaVale has played to start the season off. He's been lackadaisical. He hasn't had the energy. But we're gonna need this dude. We can't just rely we're on need Howard, him. You know? And
3: I and I was gonna say, I think at some point, look, obviously this is we're four games in, like things are gonna keep changing, especially in the next, you know, ten games or so as as we discover, you know, the team discovers who it, who it is. But Dwight Howard, I think, very clearly could be starting at some point. I mean, Vogel said he'd do matchup base, but I think in most matchups, Dwight Howard makes sense um, with the starting lineup because he's not going to give you as much defensively. Or sorry, offensively, Javale is interesting because I feel like he's he uses his offense to propel his defense, and he's not like us you know, crazy offensive player or anything, but he gets a lot of lobs and he's looking for guys to set him up. And you could tell he really appreciates that. I mean, he had so many like long, (laughs) that one where Quinn Cook threw him a log and he like, it threw him the lob and he hung on the rim for like five seconds and was pointing and then he couldn't find where he was <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> kept pointing at him. Um, <laughs> uh, like he he really like that stuff gets him super hyped up and it helps him on both sides. Um, he sets yeah. better screens, he runs, he plays better defense, he blocks more shots. So I think when Rondo comes back, it could be interesting to throw him out there with Rondo a little bit more or uh, Rondo yeah. and get him those easy buckets to to spark off the bench um, and then go with Dwight as the starter. I think, to me, that makes more most sense long-term, but we'll see how they play it.
2: No, I, I totally agree. JaVale McGee had 10 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block on 5 of 7 shooting after a pretty lackadaisical start, and so it was good to get him back into the groove of things and get him acclimated and, uh,
3: yeah, just adding that pep in his step. It was also the first game where AD, I think it's the first game the season, that AD played no 5, so it was nice to see that we could do that and still do everything we want to offensively
2: oh nice
3: yeah because javel had tw- yeah javel had 29 minutes and dwight had 19 and my fast math calculates that to 41 48
2: 48 <laughs> <48? laughs> is it wait how many minutes did he play oh oh i see i see you're I looking see at you're the wrong minutes my bad. I'm looking at the wrong minutes. I'm looking at the plus minus. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of speaking of plus minus, guess who led the team? KC three. Oh my god, dude, that he's led the team. I feel like plus a couple minus times. Is in everything.
3: I will say we rag on KC three a lot, and he often plays like a complete clown. But he has been like a he has been in the game when we've made big runs, like almost every game this season. I right, he
2: d- he does
3: right. certain things defensively. That I think, you know, Danny Green is Danny Green, but KCP at times looks like our second best guard. I'm just, I'm saying, right, as of right now.
2: Oh, that is blasphemy.
3: At times.
2: Okay, okay.
3: I was joking to you and I put it up
2: on Twitter that it's so funny that in this game, well, everybody was, you know, on a KCP binary Mamba uh, tracking mode to see if he would finish with a one or a zero or a one or a one in his (laughs) point total. And we were so close, dude. At a certain point before he entered the fourth quarter, he only had one point, right? So there was our first opportunity. And then he just went on a flurry of hitting shots. And so he got to 11 and that was the perfect number because it's still one and one. And then he got that last lob from Caruso. And it was over from there. The dream died. 13
3: points. Dude, but check out the check out these Halloween stats. Six field goals, six rebounds. Oh, never mind. That's six defensive <laughs> rebounds. It's not another set. I just saw six 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 on the box score. And then he had thirteen points. Friday the thirteenth.
2: Ooh, nice one. We're connecting everything tonight. It's crazy. It's crazy, I tell you. Uh, But yeah, I I was joking that, you know, KCP has this uh, propensity to when the game turns meaningless and there's nothing to play for, whether we're up by a lot or we're down by a lot or we're out of the playoffs, I feel like KCP on the bench just seriously turns to everybody, stands up straight with very good posture, looks at his wrist and goes, it's KCP time, baby. And it was KCP time. But all jokes aside, good job, KCP. He's uh, found his mojo the last few games.
3: You know who had the lowest plus minus on the team?
2: LeBron. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy, crazy, dude. That's crazy. Dwight Howard had the third best plus minus of the night. And I feel like in every game, including tonight, he's been in the top two or three in that category. Yeah. And net rating, which is a better... um, stat to go off of. So Dwight Howard continues to just be extremely productive, um, in whatever minutes he's given in whatever role he's been thrusted into. So props to Dwight Howard, uh, before I take it to break, Tommy, what was your, I know there's a lot to, uh, pick from, but what was your favorite play of the night? And then when we, when we come back from the break, we'll just talk about Anthony Davis, but yeah, I can go first. My favorite play of the night was the, uh, defense to offense, um, Thing going on here, where the Lakers are really starting to leak out into transition, thanks to one. their defense. Um, oh, you were going to say this one?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay, go ahead. I have another one. Go ahead, say it.
3: Oh, I was going to say the. Uh, it was the. Oh wait, who who blocked the shot?
2: Oh, I was thinking of the Dwight Howard steal on the perimeter pass to Danny Green Danny Green to Anthony Davis lob.
3: Oh. wait was the LeBron chase down block was that the or was it the JaVale somebody blocked it and then it led to a Quinn Cook to Anthony Davis lob that's what I was thinking of
2: uh, well so I think it was LeBron James block and then it led to a Quinn Cook to JaVale McGee
3: lob oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't that's think what it was, I was AD. Of, yeah that that was that was my favorite play of the game sorry
2: guys a little messy we haven't seen we haven't replayed or watched this game clearly <laughs> yeah. just literally hopping on
3: um Usually I'm pretty good at remembering that stuff, but I don't know. I couldn't remember for some reason. It's all good.
2: Yeah, originally I was going to say the Dwight Howard steal on the perimeter, and then he passed it to Danny Green, and then Danny Green straight into the Anthony Davis lob. Another great example of defense leading to easy buckets on the other end, and you know, these days the Lakers haven't done a great job of um, pushing the pace and getting out into transition, but with how good they've been defensively, it almost forces them to do that, you know? Um, so I love that dynamic of our team. And LeBron James plays a good example of that as well. Um, but also earlier in the first half, there was that crazy LeBron James to Anthony Davis lob where he was semi going he was going semi one eighty in the air. Oh and, and he got he, fouled he laid it up. He
3: got the hell foul yeah, the shit got fell out, out of him.
2: Yeah. He definitely should have gotten fouled. But yes, a lot of plays to uh, pick from tonight because Anthony Davis was everywhere. LeBron James uh, got a pep in his step in the uh, third quarter as he has been doing the last few games. Man, the Lakers really punched it in uh, that third quarter and put, what is it, pedal to the metal? Yeah, pedal to the metal. Is that the phrase?
3: Pedaly medley. (laughs)
2: Okay. Yeah, no, but they really turned it up a notch in the third quarter as they have been doing the last few games. And from there, they did not relent and uh, really put the Grizzlies in a stranglehold. And it's just nice and refreshing, like I have been saying, to have a team like this that can kind of, I mean, at, at a certain point, I want them to start off strong, but it's just nice to know that the game is never in doubt with the Lakers because eventually they'll just put the squeeze on the opposing team and um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis will just eventually overwhelm them. So with that said, we'll take it to our first break. And when we return, we'll just talk more about Anthony Davis. All right. So we're back. Uh, MVP of the night is Anthony Davis. Tommy, I'll give you the floor. Just talk about Anthony Davis's 40, 20 night. You compared him to a certain guard that a lot of, lakers fans and nba fans in general don't like to watch but tonight it was very apt so who did anthony davis dress up as tonight in your opinion
3: um wait who did i compare him to james harden Oh, <laughs> cause the free throws. Yeah. I was saying so early in this game, it felt like the refs, this game was so weird, right? The the way the refs were calling it, it felt like there were long stretches of time with no calls at all on either side. And then long stretches of time with ticky tack calls, um, really disrupted the flow. But early in the game, it felt like 80 was getting no calls. Like the play you just mentioned where, it, you know, he was, he, he caught that half court lob from LeBron. He got hit all over the arms, no call. And I and I made a comment about how it's absurd that James Harden dances 40 feet away from the rim and gets 18 free throws a game and Anthony Davis gets like two free throws and he's getting hammered on every play. He ends up with 27 free throws in the game. I make that comment, of course. But uh, just a completely dominant game. When we got Anthony Davis and we started like really digging into who this guy is, obviously, you know, just by being an NBA fan that he's one of the best players in the league. But you don't really... I, I mean, I personally, I felt like knew some about him, but not like everything about him. And you start digging into everything and it's like, Oh shoot, we're getting like the most dominant two-way player that we've acquired since probably, um, Shaq. So Mm -hmm. it was, um, it was really impressive to watch, uh, 40 points, 20 rebounds. And it it was just like there were a series of plays in the third quarter when we dropped 39 points where he was just... And I think he had like 13 free throws in that quarter alone. Um, where he was just catching the ball and everybody in the building knew what he was going to do. And he just did it and they couldn't stop him without fouling. It was just completely mm-hmm. insane. It was just like I've never seen it. it usually... You know, you you try to just play good defense or play him straight up and make him make a tough shot. Eventually, when he does it nine times in a row, but they just couldn't stop him. He's just getting fouled every time. It was, it was. Uh, we thought we were getting a super dominant player, and I think we've gotten somebody who's just like even more dominant than I I really uh, imagined.
2: Well, and he still only shot 7 of 17 from the field. This was a pretty inefficient night, which kind of lends to your James Harden comparison, right? This is how James Harden gets into a rhythm and still ends up with dominant nights in spite of the fact that his field goal shooting may not be up to par. And, I mean, overall, the start of this season, this game included, Anthony Davis has been pretty inefficient. His jump shot still hasn't been falling, and yet, you look up, and after 1.5, it's like he's got 20 and 12. And you're like, What? That's ridiculous. And then after three quarters, he's got forty and twenty. And then his effect on the defensive end—that goes without saying. In the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, there you were mentioning they couldn't stop him. He was dancing with the ball on the perimeter, dude. He was like crossing
3: guys over, and he—he he yeah, that was, just... was pretty insane, actually. I, I, again, more facets of his game that I knew he was pretty good at that stuff. But he is, like, really good at that stuff. Like, he, you could throw it to him and yeah. be like, make a play on the perimeter. Like, it's maybe not the, the thing you want to do every time, but he can do it very effectively.
2: Yeah, and he is clearly just a wing or guard player in a 6'11 dude's body. You know, I was listening to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast over the weekend. It's the Philadelphia 76ers podcast that I frequent. Um, and they were talking about Joel Embiid, but in talking about Embiid they compared him to Anthony Davis and they just mentioned that look Embiid is a totally different player than Anthony Davis because he is a legitimate big man he is a little bit more lumbering and you just got to give it to him in the post and he can he can handle the ball and stuff but he's not Anthony Davis and it kind of my ears kind of perked up when they talked about Anthony Davis cuz cuz they said and it was more to talk about um, Embiid obviously but they mentioned And B is not like Anthony Davis, where it's just clear that Anthony Davis is a guard in a 6'11 dude's body, and he's just doing weird stuff on the perimeter. You know, it was kind of like an offhand comment on a Sixers podcast, right? But to me, I was like, that's crazy that everybody can sort of pick that up and realize that Anthony Davis was probably not meant to be 6'11, right? And that's probably why he was a point guard to start his basketball career off. And and maybe also why he doesn't know how to properly fall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> That's I don't know if there's thing. a connection. I was there, just talking yeah.
3: about all the things I've I've learned about Anthony Davis. I did not realize that he falls this much in games. Um I think and falls so awkwardly. Pete or somebody tweeted after the first game that or first preseason game that we're gonna have to get used to I think it was Pete, because he said from looking at the tapes, it's just like, we're going to have to get used to Anthony Davis falling down a lot. Like, he's just a constantly yeah. falling down, and it always scares the hell out of me. And I really wish he would stop doing it. Or, like, like they would put more padding in his, like, chest, and he could just, like, slide on the ground when he hits that. I'm not, I'm not sure, <laughs> but they get, they have to figure out some sort of method, because it, it, it really scares me.
2: Yeah, I mentioned on Twitter that, is this what Sixers fans feel like every every night having to watch Joel Embiid play? Because they both sort of crumple to the floor in very dramatic, explosive fashion. And I guess maybe the optical illusion of, like, Anthony Davis's long-ass limbs just flying everywhere makes it always look worse than it is, but it is very nerve-wracking and high anxiety inducing um but regardless props to anthony davis for, for playing with that bum shoulder he's now going to get three or so nights to rest two nights to rest before their game on friday so hopefully that heals up and man what a what a dominant performance considering that he wasn't even he was thinking about not playing tonight you know um you mentioned it the mvp chance and it seems like LeBron James is all for it. You know what I mean? We, we've been hearing about how this is going to be LeBron James' revenge tour, and, and that may still come for sure. Um, but I think LeBron James is happy to know that he can actually pace himself this season and give Anthony Davis the shine and pick his spots of when to really turn it on and, you know, reclaim the throne and take the crown, et cetera, et cetera. But right now, Anthony Davis, overwhelming, dominant, uh staples center like we haven't heard it in a while and it was wild the crowd was wild dude lebron james doing the taco tuesday from the bench and the the crowd chanting taco tuesday i've never heard staples that loud in the last few years it's insane dude
3: so yeah i mean laker fans over the years have caught a lot of grief um, If you watch some of the early 2000s games when we had those Shaq and Kobe, you know, young, exciting, like, first-year Phil Jackson-type teams, like, Staples would be rocking during those games. And I remember, like, various points over the years thinking that, like, that doesn't happen. Like, why doesn't this happen anymore? What's going on? And then it's like the team gets good again. And you're like, oh, they just recognize what really good basketball is. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I mean, they're cheering, like, Dwight for hustle plays. They're cheering, like, Caruso. Like, these are not just unsophisticated like the media, I feel like, tries to make the majority of LA fans come across as like Hollywood, like unsophisticated, they're gonna show up when the team is good, type of type of people. But even the people who can afford tickets to Staples Center, um, you know, for a for a game are really hardcore fans and and you really get that sense during the games when they're like recognizing little things that like Jared Dudley is doing, or you know, Caruso mm-hmm. had a horrendous offensive game, but in 13 minutes, he had four, re- or, uh, sorry, three rebounds, four assists, and three steals and a block. You know, so mm-hmm. despite his horrendous offensive performance, um, just horribly breaking wide open shots, I, I can't <laughs> emphasize enough how bad it was. Um, they, st- you know, he still got the cheers, and and that's just really good to see.
2: Yeah, it just feels like the Lakers fans are unlocking a new level of litness that we didn't know we had in us because it's been so long since we had a legitimately good team. You know, it's like, we're getting so much off our chest and what a time to be alive, you know, like Dwight Howard, like playing with the fans, I, that last game against, um, who did we play the last game against Charlotte, where he was like blocking everything and he was playing around with the fans in the stands. It's just like, I don't know. It's just it's a really good feeling, a really good time to be a Lakers fan. Uh, it's like Dwight never left, and we never had bad feelings for Dwight throughout this entire time. Um, and I guess that just comes with the territory of, of being a good and exciting team night to night. And the, the team now can let show their personality a lot more. There's a lot more. We can be a meme team in the right way, as, as a, a homie of mine put it. When this team is winning, I, you know, winning cures all and I guess we're, we're seeing it come to pass. And, you know, this next stretch is going to be, I think, the biggest test um, for us in the early part of this season going on the road for three straight against Dallas, San Antonio, and the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are probably the weakest team out of those three, but they're still much better than they were last year. And they have a lot more depth. So man, if the Lakers come out of that three, and and0, oh, boy. I don't know what's going to happen after that, Tommy.
3: <laughs> Clean up on aisle three.
2: <laughs> Is that a good thing? or
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Hey, Tommy, before we close this show really quickly, I wanted to play a quick game called Pumpkin or Carriage. I could have gone with Trick or Treat, but I thought that would have been too easy. So you're going to tell me whether some of the statements that I throw out are a pumpkin, which means it's not going to last, or it's a carriage, which means... It'll not turn into a pumpkin, and it's it's more of a for-real thing. You ready? Yes. Let's play pumpkin or carriage. Dwight Howard. Is this guy going to stay a carriage throughout the whole season, or are we looking at another Tyson Chandler scenario? Have you thought about that yet? Tyson Chandler just... Maybe at some point Dwight Howard breaks down, and then uh-oh.
3: 100% carriage. I think Dwight definitely has at least one more, if not two more, seasons in him. Um. And by that I'm, I'm counting this year as well. Um, he looks great. He's in great shape. You know, he's besides last season he missed 73 games, despite all his lingering, you know, like nagging injuries he's had, his back issues, et cetera, over the course of his career, he's been like somewhat of an Iron Man despite all that. You know, last year he missed 73, obviously, but look at his his uh his games before that and i mean he was playing over 70 over 80 like many of the seasons um that he was in his prime in a row so i i think if he stays healthy that's the main thing and everything else i think the attitude and the the uh intensity and the energy i think that's gonna i think that's for real you know no one could hold it for 82 straight but i think he'll be there most of the season
2: I agree with you. Carriage for me as well. Dwight Howard has bought in. I think he's really integrated and assimilated himself really well with this team, and they seem to get along really well together. The vibes are all are super good. I mean, I, I always thought that him and LeBron would just get along personality-wise, but LeBron has that edge that maybe Dwight hasn't always played with. So, yeah, most of all, proud of Dwight Howard so far this season. Um, pumpkin or Carriage? Lakers being an elite defensive team. Go.
3: I'd say carriage, um, we're starting two big men and we're using them really effectively. Frank Vogel, historically great defensive coach, Lionel Hollins, also historically great defense defensive coach is one of our assistants. Um, we have good defenders all over the roster and we're putting them in positions to be successful.
2: Uh, carriage for me as well. I agree. Coming into tonight, the Lakers were hovering at about 12th in the league in defensive rating and defensive efficiency. That's about
3: to go up, dude. We just held the Grizzlies to like 32% shooting.
2: Wow. And 20%,
3: 20% from three.
2: Ooh. That is sick, dude. And the Grizzlies started off at like, they had 15 points in like the first three minutes, right? So we we held them to a ridiculous number from there, about like 70 points the rest of the way. So props to the Lakers for really putting the clamps down when need be. And uh, yeah, it's really what's keeping us afloat, even when our offense is looking clunky AF. Um, Last one, Frank Vogel being a good coach, pumpkin or carriage? Mm. Or still up for debate?
3: Still up for debate. It's too early. Four games is too early. We haven't had... I mean, the Clippers was a test, I guess, but it was game one of the season. We have some tests coming up on the road here. There are certain things you can get away with at home. Um, certain sloppy play things and low energy you know, starts and maybe some minor strategic errors that you can get away with at home that you can't get away with on the road. Um, Dallas is playing incredibly well to start, and they can really light it up. San Antonio is playing very well to start, and they're just, you know, a very disciplined team on both ends. And like you said, the Bulls are much improved. So it's going to be hard to get one win in in this early road trip, but you hope to get at least two. And I I guess what it really comes down to, though, is we'll see how Vogel, you know, works his rotations and and, um, fine-tunes things to make sure he's putting us in the best position to win those games.
2: Yep, um, I agree. It's too early to tell. Right now, I'd maybe side towards carriage uh, just because at least we know that Vogel is a coach that knows how to adapt and adjust early on, right? Even just from the first game, we saw Anthony Davis's post-possession numbers dwindle to the point where we're we're back to LeBron James and Anthony Davis pick and rolls, you know? I think the first game, he had like 22 post-ups or something, and then it went down to seven, down to two, and then I don't know what, what the number was tonight. He maybe had three or four isolation possessions in the post, but otherwise... He had the ball he had the ball as a guard on the perimeter uh, I don't know if we want that either but he's he's much better doing that with this floor space and also much better when he's working in tandem with LeBron James all right with that said that'll do it for our episode we'll keep it short tonight and keep it lit we didn't want to go too deep into like the analytics or just like assessing different players games that much because at the end of the day we're just all high and lit off 4020 Anthony Davis and um, the three and one Lakers so with that said Thank you guys for listening please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod please also rate interview us on itunes like you guys have been doing thank you once again for doing that and we will catch you next time tommy happy taco tuesday happy halloween peace hey you gotta give me something better than that man hey! there we go taco tuesday Are you ready? Grab your pack, grab your tent, grab your gear. Jump in. We're going on an adventure. In Arizona,
0: there's so much to see, so much to experience. At GCU, adventure is never too far away. Offering over 200 academic programs with a Christian worldview and nestled in the heart of Phoenix,
2: you can earn your degree in fewer than four years and explore everything Arizona has to offer.
1: Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash azroadtrip. Spring?